fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. Um, it is episode number 293, The Hunt for Red October. I feel like I should have said that maybe in more of a Sean Connery voice. The Hunt for Red October. That's much better. Thank you. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, but in Latin, Jehovah spelled with an I. <laughs> spelled with an I, exactly. Cold and hard. I don't remember what he said in Russian. I, you know. Rodriga. That's right. <laughs> there you go. There That's you right. Go. All right. Well, as you can hear, I've got Pat and I've got Bo with me. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Moving ahead, John. How are you? I, it's love in the time of cholera. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> we're still, we're still quarantining ourselves here. I mm-hmm. actually, we mm-hmm. are, um, I upgraded the home internet. So that's why you gentlemen can see me because before I couldn't run video and, and have the audio going really at the same time. And the, the bandwidth would, my computer would start to cry. You know, right. we, the quality of the audio and everything else would not be good, but we have upgraded things. We now have our little, uh, little, little hot spots throughout the house now, and we are ready to just do this for the rest of our lives. And sitting here, you can see me on the video now. I'm sitting here enjoying my little quarantini. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, things things are not too bad. things are not too bad because I'm not working right now. That's what's happening. That's good. That's good, John. You've been uh, you've been working hard. And, and may I just point out here, um, I, I want to point out because this is an audio medium and, and mm-hmm. we don't we don't take the videos and post them up anywhere. I do want to point out Which that right now. Which is better for everyone, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we all like that. We right. all like Faces that. Faces for radio. Mm-hmm. Just. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes. And uh, so I want to point out right now because everybody knows what Zoom is now, so I don't really have to like explain that. Um, I, I, th- I think like a month ago, I would have had to explain what Zoom is, but you know. <laughs> Right. It's coming coming up next month. Children are starting to be they're going to be starting to name their kids Zoom. You know, yeah, as, I know. As babies are born and yes, yeah, so yeah. her, her name is Alicia. Along with uh, Alicia Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Lots of Ronas coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I do want to point out for those that are listening uh, because we have the virtual background for fun. We have the virtual backgrounds on. Um, Bo is currently on the bridge of the NCC one seven zero one D. I, it's a beautiful thing. And I got to be honest with you, you uh, are sitting at the, uh, I believe it's the ops center is where it looks like you're sitting. And when you were like leaning back, it looked like you were like reaching over and like fixing a council. It, it looked like you were doing some like maintenance. Well, you know, if you're going to be alone on the bridge, the ops station is probably the one to be at, right? That's okay. You can run the whole bloody thing from there. <laughs> I thought when he was, when he was leaning, I thought he was just doing the Picard, the uh, Riker lean. That's right. I thought he That's was just right. like reclining awkwardly in the seat and you know. Yeah, exactly. Which what do you, what I do you, just what do you what do they call that on the New York subway man spreading when you like you know, exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so oh, uh, so yeah Bo is on the on the bridge of the Enterprise so he is fully engaged in our podcast tonight and uh, ha I I made it so there we go yeah <laughs> yes, you did yes and um, Pat you're 
surroundings have changed uh, like every two or three minutes here. Are you, are yeah, you in, are you I, I in know. Ireland? I am now, I am now, I've settled in Ireland. You're in Ireland, okay. I'm cool. in a different part of Ireland from the last picture that I was trying out. Oh, I, I was trying out some samples. That's fine. You know, so. Feel, feel free to, feel free to play with yourself there. Um, <laughs> I got to find one of a ship going off to battle. Yeah. Um, and I, I am currently on the shores of Loch Rannoch in Scotland, where the, the ancestral reeds would have been. So I think we're all where we would like to be, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. All right. Well, it is episode number 293, The Hunt for Red October. Uh, quick spoiler alert. We spoil freely here, so please be warned. Uh, we're just talking, so we're not going to mm-hmm. stop talking. And just that's that's what we're here for. Um, please leave us a five-star iTunes review if you like what you're hearing. If you don't like what you're hearing, uh, five away. stars. Five, well, go away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the COVID talking, I swear. Good night, everybody. Um, yes, if, you, uh, if you're not enjoying what you're listening to, I don't know what you're doing here because uh, basically there's a lot of podcasts that are out there. Life is too short. And, yeah. um, you know, we love you even if you don't love us. That's right. Because, because you know what? We're, we are confident in our hosting abilities that mm-hmm. we sit in front of a Zoom mirror every time and we look into it and we say, you know what? I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. Yeah. And there are three confirmed cases of corona going on right now in the podcast. But mm-hmm. that's, that's not the virus. That's the, that's that's the open, open cases yeah. of uh, corona. Mm-hmm. Um, and then visit our website, 30podcast.com. Uh, that has all the different places where you can interact with the show and has our different social media accounts you can get to from there. So that is the, that's the business spiel at the front end of our stuff here. So news, the news. Another action adventure. I sent out that thing. Have you guys heard of this hobbits with lightsabers videos on YouTube? I had yes. heard of it, but hadn't seen it till you sent it, and that okay. was beautiful. It was. It was. I was watching it at first. I like, ah, oh, this is funny. Then I'm like, this is this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, they put the music, uh, some of the Star. So it's fun to see the mashup of the Star Wars music and mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Had had you seen that before, John? Or I had I actually saw it just a couple days before you sent it. I was like, yes, okay. right. And I didn't get to watch very much of it when I when I saw it the first time. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm actually gonna sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, it is. So before we get going here, um, we, since there's no movie news, uh, yeah. we thought we might throw out here, sometimes lately we've been doing a random recommendation. So everybody's on, pretty much everybody is on quarantine and mm-hmm. uh, you probably have some time on your hands. So if you are looking for, and these recommendations, they are completely random. If it, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a TV show, maybe it's, um, I don't know, a, a a new kind of frozen pizza that you found that is just blowing your mind. Um, mm-hmm. The random recommendation could be any possible thing at all. So, um, and, and as Bo might've mentioned earlier before we started, you're like, Hey, you know what? Maybe if we mentioned some different companies, they would give us some corporate sponsorship here and mm-hmm. then I could quit my job and not have to do that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not the reason for it. I just, you know, no. that, that, that would but, be a nice, that'd be a nice little side thing, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah, I, I keep looking for that rich uncle, but apparently they're not out there, or yeah, apparently they're all taken. So I'm if willing I, to I'm willing to be adopted, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so anyway, random recommendation. Um, I'll start us off here. Random recommendation. I signed up for pretty much every uh, streaming services free trial in the last all right you know, two weeks, all right. as I'm sure many of us have. And um, one of the ones that I kind of been having some fun with is uh, the Shutter app 
So I think I've maybe mentioned this one before. Pat, this is if if you want to, uh, if if you'd like to power down for a while, that would be okay, Pat. Okay. Um, this is like Netflix for horror movies. Oh, okay. So this is not a Pat thing. Okay. Um, I'll mute but, my microphone. There, there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, and, and actually the, the first few movies that I've kind of watched on this one have been hilarious. Um, okay. The, I told you guys about one of them in one of our last episodes, the Nicolas Cage one called Mandy. It, yeah. It is, it's all kinds of crazy. I still don't know how I can describe that movie. Um, I mean, I, I could read the description for you from Wikipedia or one of those other places, but it's it's a crazy movie um the other one that i watched the other day is called satanic panic <laughs> and it was also very funny uh it was this this girl is um she's really short on cash she had to start a job as a pizza delivery girl and unfortunately she happened to deliver a pizza to this mansion and uh, they don't tip her and she you know needs some gas money so she actually kind of sneaks into the house to demand a tip and she ends up walking straight into the middle of a satanic ritual oh exciting and and the movie is hilarious. Uh, Rebecca Romaine is kind of one of the main characters of the cult, and um, it just kind of it's it has it very much has a kind of Evil Dead vibe to it mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in terms of the comedy part of it. Um, and same thing with the other one that I watched the other day or, or started to watch. I hadn't finished it yet. Um, was called Death Gasm, and oh, it's geez. it's kind of like if if you are a fan of heavy metal music okay. and uh, the occasional zombie movie, you probably would like this one. Um, it's these high school kids in. I think they're in New Zealand and you know, one of them, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're the metal kids. Uh, so they're always getting picked on and you know, mm-hmm. by, by all the, the school bullies and everything else. And uh, one of them kind of gets fed up one day and, and they happen to find this music that's called the black hymn. And uh, he and his band play it in their garage and it unleashes demons and all kinds of other stuff. And, oh, and the movie kind of goes from there. So, but uh, it's, it, the app, I mean, it goes from, it, it's got a whole section of horror comedy. It's got, um, I think it's got some TV shows. It's got some, you know, a little bit more intense stuff if you're a really big horror fan and you're looking for that. But um, okay. so the Shutter app is doing, uh, I think they still are, they're doing a free for 30 days trial. So if you are a horror film fan and you want to take a look at that, uh, Shudder, S-U-D-D-E-R. Okay. But so far, the three things I've watched in there have been really good. Cool. So that's my random recommendation. I think I was telling you guys this before we started recording, but I'm going to recommend um, Dispatches from Elsewhere on AMC. Okay. It's a fun new show. Guys, I'll be honest with you. I thought I had one to like, like just do like the power recommendation on. And I, I don't know if I've got anything because, and I'll tell you this, I've been, I've been, you know, I worked my way through the Picard series. I, you know, saw the opening to get the CBS all access. And then uh, I, you know, it's, it was free for a month or whatever it is. So I decided, I decided to check out discovery and I'll be honest with you. I went in there kind of, I hadn't heard what all the hubbub was for discovery. Um, you know, so I was just kind of on my own, like a little skeptic, like, Oh man, are they going to be kicking a dead horse? Is this real? I mean, what do they really have something to offer? And I, I know, especially to the gentleman that I'm podcasting with this tonight, it, uh, you're the experts in this field and have been saying, Pat, you really got to check this out. Um, but I, I'd say that's kind of what I've been just checking out the last uh, couple of weeks and have definitely taken a deep dive into that. That's been uh, highly entertaining. Uh, you know, a lot of fun to, a lot of fun to watch that. And I'm trying to think, cause I thought I had, I thought I was trying to save up. Oh, I can put that in the recommendation and that, yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking of, uh, I'm not thinking of any of the recommendations unless I just blurt something out. Um, so how far real quick, how far are you into discovery season two? 
like I've got, I'm on episode 11 or 12. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. and, and Bo, maybe you, sometimes you keep up on this a little bit more than I do, but um, I had heard back when they were doing season two, that there was talks of possibly doing an enterprise type spinoff show with um, the Christopher Pike character as the captain. They are still there. They keep talking about it, but obviously production on everything is halted at this point. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there hasn't been a lot of talk lately. We would, I mean, we would, I think Sharon and I would watch that in a heartbeat. I think I've kind of converted her to being a little bit more of a Star Trek fan. She liked Picard. We watched that together. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and we, we both like discovery and, I mean, I think we, we really like him, uh, Anson Mount, the actor who played Pike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We like yeah. him anyway because we had watched him in the uh, AMC's Hell on Wheels TV show that used to be on. Okay. Um, Pat, have you ever seen that one? I feel like you would really like that one. Yeah, that's the West. They build the train going West and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. that's which channel? It was on AMC. Okay. Okay. And I, I feel like there were five, five, maybe six seasons. Okay of that oh. one, but that's, that's another good one too. But that's, that was one of the first places. I mean, I saw him way back, back when he was, um, I think he, I want to say he played a high school student in Smallville um, okay. years ago, but then we watched him in the Hill on Wheels show and, and I, we really liked his Captain Pike. So if okay. they want to do a spinoff show his, with him, Genesis, if you will. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If, if they want to do a spinoff show with him as the captain on the enterprise, I we're, we're totally fine with that. Yeah. He's pretty hit it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty awesome. Yeah. He's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that's all the, that's all the really recommendation. That's all I've been, I've been watching. I thought there was so much more. It'll probably all come out in a flood. I'll think of it at some point, but oh, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Uh, are, are we ready to, to dive? Yes. Ready to dive. All right. One ping only, please. One ping only, please. We uh, must give this American a wide berth. Let us turn south. <laughs> I would like to live in Montana. Uh, As you've you've probably, no paper, they let you do that? Um, I feel like I have to ask that question all the time for all kinds of things. Increase (laughs) speed to 24 knots and recompute. Title for this, if you haven't figured it out yet. uh, (laughs) Re-verify our range to talk. Right. (laughs) This is going to be the Sean Connery impersonation hour. Yeah, that's, that's... Uh, so this one is called The Hunt for Red October. It came out on the 2nd of March, 1990. Here is the shocker. I was going to talk about this later, but I'm going to talk about it now. I did not realize this movie is rated PG. Really? Yes. What like, did you think I, it was rated? I, for some reason, in the back of my mind, I thought at the very least it's PG-13. It's probably rated R. Um, and I, and then we watched it, and then I happened to see that when I was typing all this stuff up, I, was, I typed in PG. I was like, well, wait a minute. That's not – no, that's not mm-hmm. PG. And then I went, I thought about it again. I was like, no, well, there's really not a whole lot of language in the movie and there's really not a whole lot of violence. And no, nope. huh? Okay. And then I, then part of me felt bad. Cause I'm like, well, John's been really enjoying reading some of the Tom Clancy books. Nice. And I was like, Oh, he totally could have watched this with us. Yeah. So, so at some point we'll rewatch it again and you know, I'll let him watch it. But yeah, I completely blew my mind that that was a PG movie. I, yeah. Uh, runtime was two hours and 15 minutes, directed by John McTiernan, who also directed Die Hard, Predator, and The Thomas Crown Affair, the 1999 version. Producer on this one was Mace Newfield. Newfeld, sorry. Uh, he also produced No Way Out, The Saint, and pretty much all the Tom Clancy movies, and I believe even the Jack Ryan TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, writers on this one were Tom Clancy, who wrote the novel. He died in 2013. Um, basically, if you're a writer on this movie, don't be, because you're probably dead. 
Uh, Tom Dancy died in 2013. Larry Ferguson wrote the screenplay. Donald Stewart also did the screenplay. He died in 1999. And David Shaber also did the screenplay. He also died in 1999. Uh, Clancy, of course, did all the other Tom Clancy movies because he's Tom Clancy. Um, and then we have Ferguson did Alien 3 and Highlander. Stewart did Missing and Patriot Games. And Shaber did The Warriors and Nighthawks. Cinematography was done by Jan de Bont, who also did Die Hard, Leonard Part 6, and Basic Instinct. Music was done by Basil Polidorus, who died in 2006, who also did Robocop, Conan the Barbarian, and Iron Eagle. Budget for this one was 30 million, box office was 200.5 million. The Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 71%, Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it an 88%, IMDb gives it a 76, Letterboxd a 72, and CinemaScore gives it an A. Starring Sean Connery as Marco Ramius. He was in The Untouchables, The Rock, and James Bond. Uh, Alec Baldwin was Jack Ryan. He was in The Departed, Glenn Blair. Let's try that one again. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Too Many G's, and Too Many R's. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a southern man's nightmare. Um, <laughs> Beetlejuice, he was also in Beetlejuice. Scott Glenn was Bart Mancuso. He was in The Silence of the Lambs, Backdraft, and Urban Cowboy. Uh, Sam, also, he was great in... Um, the Daredevil TV show that was on Netflix. Did you guys ever watch that one? I didn't get that in depth with it, but I've, okay. it's come highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's in that one. He's pretty good. Uh, Sam Neill played Captain Baroden. He was in Jurassic Park, Event Horizon, and In the Mouth of Madness. James Earl Jones played Admiral Greer. He was in Star Wars, Coming to America, and Field of Dreams. Baseball. Joss Ackland played Andre Lysenko. He was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, and Watership Down. Richard Jordan, who died in 1993, played Jeffrey Pelt. He was in Dune, Logan's Run, and Gettysburg. Peter Firth uh, played Ivan Putin. He was in Life Force, The Rescuers Down Under. Tim Curry played Dr. Petrov. He was in Clue, Legend, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Courtney B. Vance played Seaman Jones. He was in Dangerous Minds and Law and Order Criminal Intent and Hamburger Hill. Stellan Skarsgård played Captain Tupolev. He was in Goodwill Hunting, Amistad, and the Thor movies. Jeffrey Jones played Skip Tyler. He was in Beetlejuice, Amadeus, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Rick Dukumun, um, was, uh, he died in 2015. He was Navigator C2A. He was in Spaceballs, The Burbs, and Groundhog Day. Here is the trailer audio, and we'll be back in just a second. The most brilliant commander in the Soviet Navy. Remy has trained most of their officer corps. He's nearly a legend in the submarine community. The most deadly submarine ever built. This thing could park a couple of hundred warheads off Washington. Nobody'd know a thing about it until it was all over. Once more, we play our dangerous game. Without all the vessels in the American Navy. His plan is a mystery. A man with your responsibilities reading about the end of the world. Apparently, he has suffered a kind of nervous breakdown in which he announced his intention his missiles on the United States. He wants to help you hunt him down, kill him. Open the outer doors, firing point procedures. We sail into history. I'm gonna blow him right to Mars. Ramius might be trying to defect. You're just an analyst. What can you possibly know what goes on in this mine? I'll give you three days to prove your theory correct. I am not field personnel. I am only an analyst. You're perfect. I'm expendable. He's defecting. You willing to bet your life on that? From the best-selling novel by Tom Clancy, from the director of Die Hard. Give this man a chance. My orders are specific. Battle stations. Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, James Earl Jones, Scott Glenn, Sam Neill. The Hunt 
for Red October. Gentlemen, let's start it off the way we always start it off. Uh, how does this movie make you feel? Claustrophobic. Mm. <laughs> no, uh, no it's, well, actually it would if I was on a, make, on a It submarine. makes me feel like writing a memo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Don't like flying, do you, Commander? <laughs> oh, you talk about puke. We ran into a hailstorm over the sea of Japan. Whoa, you talk about puke. The pilot shot his lights out over the console, and I barfed on the radio. Knocked it out completely. Here, want a bite? It was that industrial strength stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's it. We're not just talking any puke. It was that heavy. That's right. I'm going to oh, tell you, when I do finally watch this movie with my son, that will be his favorite part of the movie. And that's oh, sure. Of, of course. Of course. Man, could you imagine being on a plane like that? Holy Christmas. <laughs> Next time, Jack, write a memo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, this, this, this movie makes me feel very excited. I, yes. I, you know, Bo, I know this was one of your uh, favorites. I don't want to preempt. Uh, no, go for it. But, uh, yeah, I, I watched this movie. I'm very, very excited watching this movie. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to transition into first time, uh, first time we saw it and everything like that. So I'll kind of save for when we transition. But, yeah, my gut reaction, every time I watch this movie, I'm excited. It's an adventure on the high seas, under the high seas. Um, it, topic matter that I find very um, – uh, exciting. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, every time I watch it, I'm very, very excited by it. I would agree with those, uh, with all of those sentiments. It is one of my favorites. Um, I can watch it whenever it's on. I can pick it up wherever I can quote most of the whole movie, much Mm -hmm. to my wife's chagrin. Um, and I, I can accept its faults. Don't get me wrong because there are some, um, but it occupies you know, a special place in my heart, and it always will. I haven't seen this movie a lot, but the few times that I have seen it, uh, it's probably about a handful of times that I've seen this okay. one. Um, but what was funny was there were, for, for as little as I've seen this movie compared to some other ones that I've seen just over and over and over again, it was funny that while we're watching this movie, there were moments in the movie where I could quote the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, not even having seen it very many times, um, and some of it was like the the scene of the, um, you know, they they let you they let you do that. You know, you can <laughs> go from state to state with no papers, no papers. Yeah, there were there were moments in the movie where I could just pick it up right away and yeah. maybe a recreational vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like to live. I will also need to live in Arizona. Maybe I will need two wives. <laughs> maybe I need two wives. <laughs> oh, at least <laughs> that was. But yeah, it's just the the. Yeah. I mean this. This movie, what I enjoy about this movie is, and, and Pat, I think you, and, and Bo, I think we've said this too, um, one of my favorite naval submarine movies of all time is Star Trek II. And mm-hmm. I, it, it's, it's the same thing. Like the same things I like about Star Trek II um, are the same things I like about this movie. Just the, the whole tension of the um, kind of the, the submarine game of cat and mouse, um, you know, all that stuff. And I think just... It, this movie balances a lot of that so very well. You've got the very, um, you know, you've, you've got the characters that you just, there's, I don't know that there's a person in this movie, at least within like the different, you know, major characters, not a person in this movie that I wouldn't be willing to like sit down and get to know a little bit better. Like, you know, Jack Ryan, the the captain, the, um, uh, Jonesy, man. Uh, jo- Jonesy. Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, all of the, it's got so many different endearing characters, even on the Russian side of things. It's, you know, um, 
you know, and I think this movie, it, it balances everything that it needs to balance. It, it just does it, it does it right. And I've never read the books, so I've never actually read the Hunt for Red October book before. Have either of you read the book? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. So I've never read the book. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever read any Tom Clancy book. Um, the thing that I have always said to people about the book is just know that the plot you saw in the movie exists in a book. Mm-hmm. But it's one of four or five plots that are in that mm-hmm. book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 imagine like maybe another seven or eight hundred levels of complexity that, oh, he, puts, totally. that, that yeah. he puts and characters. Um, but you know, it never has the feel of being Tom Clancy. Never has the feel of being uh, 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 like the story is lost or that you feel oh, no. like you know it's overly wordy and not enough adventure or i mean it really the the books are page turners i mean he weaves quite a tale for sure yeah and red october would probably be a good starting point don't you think bo i mean we got we got a little bit of star wars situation here we're like red october and then there's prequels and sequels and you know the story kind of it bubbles out from there but you could probably the movies do a terrible job of, of helping you know when things happen yeah, yeah, it's on purpose. It, it's done on purpose. It's to, you know, it's it's almost the James Bondification of Jack Ryan. It yeah. lets them it lets them pick whoever they want to play it, and they can take that story and put it anywhere, which yeah. I think speaks to the original writing that they can do that. Right, I mean, that's hard. Right, um, to take those stories and lift them out of time and move them around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the stories themselves, the books themselves get pretty dense pretty quick, but in such a good way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I read the book. I think I read it in fifth grade was when I first read the book. Um, and then read it, you know, and each time you read it, you start to understand a little bit more. A little bit more. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, they're good books. Really good books. So did you, you started to talk about a little bit. When was the first time that you remember seeing this? Go for it, Bo. I'm thinking it had to be right around after it came out. I don't think we saw it in the theater. I think we found it on the shelves at Blockbuster. And uh, let's see if Pat remembers this. You remember the unique feature mm-hmm. of the VHS tape of I, this movie? I was just going to say, because I think the first time I remember seeing it was maybe at one of the, on, on the football team in high school. We'd go to people's, sure. different people's houses and watch movies and hang out. And and this was one you know, of the ones I was going to bring up too. Yeah, I you know go I re, I remember there was something now I don't remember what it was but yeah the, there was the something. video cassette itself was red red that's right and it was just so cool <laughs> yeah I didn't know but they, you know whoa I didn't know they did that mm-hmm. I know I know it, it's like the first time you mm. see it like a cherry dilly bar it's like whoa sure. wait yeah. wait whoa, what hold on time out. I, I hear this is big in Europe, but wait a minute. No, I remember the I remember the red tape. Now that you mention it, and I knew uh-huh. there was something. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I have one somewhere in a box. Okay, that's nice. You uh, that's, hunt for red October? Well, uh, a I cherry did, a cherry oh. dilly bar. Okay, so I was going to say, hopefully that's, in the, hopefully that's me, in the freezer. If there's a cherry dilly bar anywhere near me, it's getting in my belly. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so uh, John, you said you haven't seen this movie as much. When? Uh, what about yourself? What you know? Yeah, I was trying to remember the first time I saw it. It might have been over over at a friend's house. I think somebody either owned it or they had the red VHS tape. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't remember exactly when it was. I feel like it was high school though. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't see this until much later. Um, and I've probably seen it, I don't know, let's say three or four times since then. So, you know, it's not, it's not one of those that I watch a ton, but I've seen it enough times. And if it's not that movies are ever on TV anymore, unless you go, you know, pull them up in Netflix or Hulu or whatever. But um, it was always one that, you know, if it was on TV and I happened to pass by that channel, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to stop here. Let's, let's make an all stop here and let's just uh, watch, <laughs> watch this for just a little bit. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Um, I saw this, uh, I saw this in the theater and I remember it vividly in the theater and I can conservatively estimate that I think I saw this thing at least two dozen times in the theater because oh, wow. this, because this thing came out it, it it was a perfect storm for me. One, uh, you know, started getting a little bit of an allowance that I could mm-hmm. save up Two, I had a bicycle, which meant I could ride places like the movie theater. Freedom. And uh, yes. And three, I was, you know, however, you know, whatever junior high age. So what did I really need to spend money on? I didn't have a video game system. I didn't Comic have any. books? Yeah. Movies. I, 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 yeah. And, um, and, and to be honest, I didn't have a, an intense comic book collection. So it Baseball was pretty. Cards. Yeah. No. It, so it all went into, to this. And then my, uh, dad was very much into it. My grandparents were very much into it. My mom enjoyed the movie and she also enjoyed the actors in there. So, I mean, yeah, I, it was, it was the perfect storm of uh, being able to go see this movie uh, a whole bunch in the theater. And then, yeah. And now that you mentioned the red tape, um, then also rent it once it uh, sadly removed itself from the theater and, you know, being able to rent it and watch it whenever we wanted. So I'm gonna. I, I was I was googling something as you gentlemen were talking, and um, if I if this was available back in the day, I totally would have done this. You can go. Not that anybody's gonna have the machines to use this anymore. You can actually go buy different colored VHS tapes. Really? Yeah. So if you wanted to, if you had a VCR that still worked, and you wanted to buy blank VHS tapes, I, I found a couple of different websites on here, and this one of them is selling in packages of fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, they are selling uh, for two dollars. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, pretty much. It's um, if you want to get the ninety-minute high-grade VHS tape fifty-pack, it'll cost you fifty-one dollars and nineteen cents. <laughs> and you can currently get those in orange, yellow, green, or purple. It's exciting. Now, had this been around back in the day, I absolutely would have color-coded my VHS tapes. I would have bought a whole bunch of these. Oh yeah. I don't remember those being available in the stores. It was always kind of like a one-off thing when you'd get that. You'd get That's that VHS in. Um, you know, you get that VHS at, at Blockbuster that was either the Hunt for Red October was the red one, or you'd get, um, sometimes I remember when uh, when my siblings were younger, we'd get like the VeggieTales tapes, and they'd either be like mm-hmm. green green or orange mm-hmm. or something like that. And um, every once in a while, there'd be like a, oh, was it, um, I forget what movie it was. There was uh, one time we rented something, and it was maybe a Disney movie or a, or a cartoon, and it was a pink VHS tape. Um, yeah, but I I totally if those were on sale when we were when we were younger, I totally would have bought the multicolor VHS. That's awesome. Okay, that's a tangent. We'll go back to. It. All right, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll get back on Red October now. But um, it's important an important cha- tangent. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what is this uh, in terms of this movie? What and we've already started to say some of this. Um, what is it that works for this movie? And you're not allowed to just say everything. Oh. Um. Because in a moment, think, I'm going to ask you the hard question. I'm going to say, is there anything about this movie that does not work for you? And I'm expecting an answer of some kind. The way the story unfolds through the eyes of Jack Ryan, 
you don't know for the most part. There are a few things because they do let you in a little bit on the Russian side of things. But you don't know any more than Jack does when you're on the American side. Mm-hmm. You don't know what Greer knows. You don't know what the naval officers know until Jack does for a good chunk of this movie. And I think that is what helps. And the things that you do find out before Jack does, you're there for the reveal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the way they, the way they layer the story works so well, I think. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because I, I was reading a little bit about the director and it has a very unique directorial style too. Just and, and they were talking about just the way the scenes are set, the way the 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 pro, uh, props, the scenery. What am I trying to this the um what am I trying to say? The setting. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't know what the uh, yeah the, yeah the scenery is very unique to the director and is very effective. And they also the even said like the production design. The production design. There we go. And then you guys are going to laugh because I know, you know, I got a hard time for this last time. But they actually said even the camera angles, to your point, Bo, about Jack Ryan's perspective. I mean, the camera angles will follow in the way they kind of spin around, kind of follow like the way I always thought it was slick, uh, slick when, when Marco Ramius was walking down and there was just that whirl of activity in the submarine right before she dove. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he goes to his cabin and as he turns to open the door, the camera spins around. So it's like, it's like constant motion as you go into his cabin. Um, or when, when the boarding party gets off the DSRV and they're walking through the red October and they get into the control room and now they're face to face. It's again, how the camera spins around and kind of suddenly you're in that boarding party. So I, I really think I, I agree with what you're saying. It's just the way right on down to the way the whole thing is shot is, is, is very unique and works well. And it's funny because they, t- they actually take a lot of heat for um, the scene in Ramius's cabin mm-hmm. with the way they push in um, as he's reading the book in Russian. But then at the end of the push in, he's speaking English because we're going to just keep, we're going to dispense with the Russian now so that everyone understands what we're doing. They actually take a lot of heat for that. Um, really? Wow. Critically, yeah. They took a lot of heat for it then and they still do for whatever reason. What's, I disagree. People think they should have either left with the Russian or come up with another way or never even done the Russian to begin with. I have always loved that push-in. I always you're thought it was cool. read it, he pushes in, and then it's like you're in his head, and they pull you back out, and now you can understand what he's saying. Yeah, I, I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think they take a little heat for it because then they have to switch back to Russian um, when they board the boat. Mm-hmm. which makes sense. I mean, you have to do that. And I, so that's, I think, part of it. I think the other part of it is um, if it was made today, I feel like um, they would just stick with the Russian and leave the subtitles up all the time until Ramius starts speaking English. I'm not yeah. sure I agree with that. I'm saying that's what they would do. Yeah, I know I, I, I get, yeah, because it's different. But I mean, even that, the critics going off on that, Later in the scene, when they flip back to the Russian, I don't think they put the subtitles up. So you're kind of at a loss for what they're saying. And you're kind of relying on Jack Ryan to translate, right? You know, like true. the captain that's thinks true. you're some well, sort that's of a... the whole thing. And that, that, to know the thinkings of one, one's yeah, adversary. And that's what made that scene work. It is. You know, and the, and the fact that they're all sitting there kind of like, like he's waving and you're like, well, what are they saying? Okay. And now there's like, you know, so that, and... So that, so that. Yeah, exactly. And then when he's sitting there, he's, the captain thinks he's some sort of a... 
cowboy. And then that's when he's, you know, you always speak Russian. And, and I want to say that's the first subtitle that comes up then after that's, yeah, yeah, because I think weird how they choose to do that. Yeah, and I, so, I think that's part of why they took some heat for it is because their style wasn't consistent. Yeah, um, but I, I but, but it I was cool, it but it worked. I yeah, but it worked. It. Yeah, the consistency would have because weakened they, the scene. Well, and it goes back to them not revealing everything all at once. They're only right. giving you what you need. Yeah, we don't need the subtitle here because Jack's about to translate it. We don't have to do this twice. Yeah, and and they want to put you in the only they want to put you in the position of the. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think the critics are all wet on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna say, I'm right. with you, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So we've taken that down. Any, <laughs> any other critics what of the movie? Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I've sort of said what works for me, and I think Pat sort of jumped off on that. John, what works for you? First of all, what works for me is, Pat, I'm, I'm so proud of you that you're the one bringing up camera angles now. I know! This is awesome! Yes! Yes! We've, that we've got now. I, I, would have been, I would have been even more impressed. I'm already impressed, but I would have been even more impressed if you would have been like, well, that's clearly the use of a Dutch angle um, uh, medium shot in this one. Now, let's not <laughs> get ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. I, you know what? That's coming soon. Look at this, guys. I mean... How about this? Like I've got my zoom set up. So I have the Ireland. I'm in Ireland. I'm not just hanging out my, I, Hey man, we can all grow. We can all grow. This is, this is what we call character progression. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh Um, man. I I mean, I I already kind of mentioned before what works for me is the, you know, just how it seems to balance everything, you know, all the different moving pieces to this movie, all the different little plot points. Um, Frankly, it's a, it's a movie that it's over two hours, but I don't think it feels like it's over two hours. Mm. Um, it's got, and, and even as much as I mentioned earlier, you know, Star Trek two, Star Trek two to me, I always think of that one as very similar. It's like a space submarine movie. Um, mm-hmm. And even as much as I love Star Trek two, Star Trek two can feel a little long at times. This movie, I mean, this movie runs at a pretty good clip and I would imagine, I haven't looked it up, but I would imagine that they may not be that far off in terms of their actual runtime. Um, I, I think like Star. They're... I think Star Trek Two is like maybe even under two hours. It's it's actually under two hours. So okay. Yeah. So so that part is kind of yeah at one hour and fifty three minutes. So that part to me is kind of interesting. That as much as I love Wrath of Khan, and that's not a knock mm-hmm. on Wrath of Khan, this movie seems like it moves at a faster pace than that one does. And what I like about this one, and 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 not when I make these different connections, I'm, I'm obviously not knocking any of these movies, just, just trying to make this a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a comparison. I know that at one point, um, kind of in the, as I was looking up some stuff about the, the making of the movie, that they were hoping that this would do for the Navy, what Top Gun did for, um, you know, for, for fighter pilots, fighter jets. And, you know, I, I as much as I like Top Gun and I, and I do really like Top Gun, this one to me, Top Gun, it's got the adventure piece. It's got the action piece, but it's also in a few different ways. It's, it's a little, it's got a little campiness to it. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie, it's able to do all of that without the campiness and it's still fun and it's still got its funny moments. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's, I think it, it just doesn't, it's a very, it's a very realistic movie. Like there are moments in this movie where I'm watching it. And I'm like, you know what? I, this has got to be based on actual events. Like this is so I, I can I can see all of this happening. It's so believable that I there must have really been a you know submarine captain 
um, you know, Ramius that, that did all these things. And it just, I feel like this movie, it just does such a good job of balancing the humor and the action and the suspense and the tension and the intrigue and and all of that um, in, in a movie that seems to go much faster than its runtime. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. You'll, you know, it's if, if, especially if you read the book, if you read the book, which is fantastic Mm -hmm. and then get that whole story in when you watch the movie the movie's gonna feel feel like a half hour tv program and that's that's not a knock on the movie but it's like there's just so much in the book it's like well wait what about that and uh, uh, and what's and uh wait uh, uh, oh so i mean you know when you the the movie really flows well and it's it's funny when you mentioned that whole recruiting thing for the navy is when i saw this um it was at a point in my life when i was firmly convinced um, that I was going to go into the U S Navy. Like that was just, and so after seeing this movie, that was like pedal to the metal. Like it was like, okay, sure. I can't, you know, and, and uh, I was even like researching, trying to get like a, a, a magazine subscription to proceedings and everything. I mean, like I wanted just, you know, like, uh, and you know, life takes its different courses and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I was, I, I felt that was, way after watching starship troopers, but we just didn't have the space force yet. Yeah. That's well, <laughs> look where we are now. And, yeah, and mm-hmm, there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. But uh, yeah. So that's interesting. You mentioned that about the, about the um, recruiting aspirations of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, curveball question. Is there anything about this movie that does not work for you? Well, I think the Scottish accent on the Lithuanian Russian captain is uh, mm-hmm. sometimes a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although it's it also makes for some of the most memorable quotes. I mean, I don't think a a truly Russian accented version of one ping only please is mm-hmm. quite as quotable as it is. Right. But uh, yeah, the the Scottish accent on the Lithuanian Russian captain is <laughs> a little much sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Well, and and I was surprised when I was when I was looking up some stuff, kind of like on the you know behind the scenes type stuff for this movie. I was surprised to find out that uh, Sean Connery was not the first choice for no, uh, he Ramius, was not. That he was actually replaced. To, was it two weeks before filming or two weeks into filming? Something like that. Yeah, it was. Um, oh, you know, it was yeah two weeks into filming. So they had already started yeah. filming the movie, and they had actually they had cast. Uh, it's an Austrian actor, Klaus Maria Brandauer, um, yep. who had won, I think had won an Oscar. Yes. Had won an Oscar for the 1985 movie out of Africa. And okay. he, he had to pull out of the movie because he had some scheduling conflicts. So, you know, they replaced him with Sean Connery two weeks into making the movie. I'm like, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the same movie without Sean Connery. No, it is. It is definitely not. No. No. And that's and that's where I think and I know we're supposed to be talking about things that don't work, but I think that's one of the other things that works about this movie is what's also interesting to me looking back on it now is that this movie came out after the Cold War. So mm-hmm. you're really looking at something that is very much over <laughs> at this point and yet it's it, it should have been it seems like it should have been dated at that point. It should have been maybe kind of an obsolete movie uh, and yet it was successful and endured beyond 1990 to continue to be a movie that people love. And I think that's part of why it, it, they were able to set that tone. I mean, that first scene with the text that scrolls across that says, you know, this may or may not have happened during the, during the cold war, you know, it's stuff like that that just makes you like, 
Ooh. Well, and, yeah. and with the with the characters and the situations and everything else, you kind of forget that this is a Cold War movie. Like this movie, mm-hmm. I could picture this movie happening today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's one of those movies that I think I think the the caliber of the actors and the combination of the actors and the characters in this movie are kind of what make yeah. it a very enduring movie. And it doesn't really matter what time period it's taking place in that you can easily interchange any of those. Yeah. Um, well, that doesn't oh yeah, go ahead. I was just, uh, go ahead, please finish your thought. No, no, no. My, my thought was to transition into what doesn't work. Oh, well, and, and I and think, I need, and, and, and frankly, I need a couple more minutes to figure out what doesn't work for this movie. And, and I think that, um, <laughs> I think that, you know, submarine movies are always cool. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, and you know, our, our podcast, we sometimes listen to the friendly fire podcast, talk a lot about like submarine tropes and, you know, I mean, submarine movies are always cool. Um, it's always something I think that somewhat that fascinates people. Um, this movie is sort of like that, but it's also like a heist movie, you know, I mean, you know, so you've got that going for it. And I think, you know, you talked about the acting, which is fantastic and, and the characters, which are great and compelling. And, but I think that just the story itself is kind of cool and would um, pull people in. You know what I'm saying? And I'll tell you, as far as the Cold War, I mean, the Cold War was ending, but still there was a lot of classified stuff that people mm-hmm. are only just starting to find out about now. You know, and sure. there's, and I actually, I saw a program about one of the things that influenced Tom Clancy for writing this book um, was, it wasn't a submarine, but there was a commander that tried to steal a Russian, uh, uh, I think it was like a missile frigate or a destroyer or something. And it was up, up in the, I forget where it was up in the North sea or somewhere up around like Norway and, and, and right up in there. And this guy stole the destroyer and took off and locked some of the crew and, you know, down below decks. And, and it was, you know, there was a little bit of a chase there um, from the Soviet Navy and they ended up catching the guy. I mean, it wasn't as exciting as what you see in the movie, but you know, that was kind of like, you start to hear about those things. And then there's, I'm sure there's a number of books, but I mean, you read the book Blind Man's Bluff and it's all about espionage and Cold War submarines and, and all these kinds of things where, you know, going on underneath the water that we just, we just had no inkling of. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it, I think that's compelling just from a historical perspective because you look back and it's like, man, what went on that we don't know about? What went on that we don't know about and we'll never know about? what's going on right now that we don't know about, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that's where it was compelling then. And it's, uh, it's still, you know, exciting today because of that. So yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. I, so I, I've been racking my brain to try to figure out what's something that, you know, doesn't work in this movie for me. And if I had to, I don't know if I had to pick anything, um, maybe it is, maybe it's the scene where it, the original scene where they're in his cabin and he, you know, he has to kill the political officer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe that, cause that's the one, I feel like that's the one moment in the movie. That's a little bit of a stretch of credibility, um, you know, in terms of the story. It's like, I, I mean, is anybody really going to believe that this guy slipped and it's an accident? And, you know, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, especially when you've got a, a doctor character that is, uh, you know, he's very paranoid to begin with seemingly and um, very, seems to be very much by the book. And I, I don't know, that may just be about the only piece that's a little bit of a stretch for me, but, and the problem is like the whole movie hinges on that. If that's not, 
if that's not a you know, believable thing that could happen, then you're not going to have the rest of the movie. So I think the rest of the movie is good enough that you suspend a little disbelief there and just, mm-hmm. you know, continue on. And well, we're just, you know, he's a legend. So people are going to believe a legend and right. maybe it's, they'll, you know, you stress the truth a little bit and they'll believe him because it's, Ra- it's, it's, it's rabies. He's the captain. You're yeah. not going to, you're not going right. to question him. Comrade doctor, this is a combat vessel and I am the senior combat officer. We don't mm-hmm. cancel missions for things like, accidents slipping on tea and then i want you to witness this i'm taking the officer's missile what a great scene and i use this i'm telling you man i use this and when like the doctor's like well captain this is most irregular and then he just gives him this look and it's just like the reason that we have two keys is that that and he makes and he and i can't i can't can't do the one man can fire and he makes him say it that's the best part is he makes him say it no one man and you all know what he means one man what i can't do the accents guys i'm sorry but you're right it's just like when he says if i had to stop her screaming i know and And then the best he does the best part is where how ramius handles it he just ignores him He's mm-hmm. like, if that is all, doctor. And then here's the best part. And I've used this before on people. Doctor, I shall try to forget your comments when I make my report. I make like, my report. I mean, I have done that. I've done that with students. I am done this occasionally with colleagues. I have done this in the, fa- I've just said, you know, I just, I'll just let it wash over. I'm listening. I'm like, okay, okay. And then it's just let, let it sit. Hey, uh, just so you know, I'm going to try and forget about what you just did and try real hard. You know, I mean, I, oh, what a great scene. What a fantastic scene when he does that. I just, oh, man, that's good. Oh, man, that's good. Yeah. So we've talked about all the acting performances being so great in this movie and that that's, that's one of the things that regardless of the time period this is set in, whatever it might be, that the acting and the characters kind of, they, they really catapult this beyond just a Cold War movie. Um what is your, if you had to pick one, if I was, if I was a meanie and I asked you to pick one, uh, what one acting performance in this movie would you pick as your favorite? Hmm. It's going to be Scott Glenn. Okay. Oh my gosh. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> oh. Something about the way he plays that captain character. He yeah. just plays it so straight. Yeah. And, and he's, yeah, that you know what always does it for me is that scene when Jonesy brings like the chart and the tape recorder and he yeah. looks at him and goes, So let me make sure I understand what's happening. A several million dollar piece of equipment tells you you're chasing a lava flow, but you don't believe it. You come up with all of this on your own, including the depths and the charts and the well see, sir, I relax, Forget Jonesy. It. You sold me. You sold me, yeah. If I can find him, can you track him? <laughs> like he's just because you know, like you know, these sub captains—they're all cowboys. Mm-hmm. You know, they are just, especially back in the Cold War. They are just out there hunting all day. Oh yeah, and he—and you can see the glint in his eyes. Like, oh, we got ourselves one. <laughs> but he just plays that role so straight, and I love that character. Even in the future novels, that character is fun. Oh yeah, it's so the good. Mancuso character is so good. And, and, and the way he plays him is, I mean, he's just a no nonsense officer. And even at the end, when even he gets kind of suckered into, you know, the Ramius thing. And I, I kind of, every time I watch, I'm like, are they going to overdo it? Don't make him to be kind of the, oh, you know, no, it was just like, cause he had it too. He had his scene where he knew what the heck he was doing with these boats as well. You Mm -hmm. know? So I, I thought they played that great. And I mean, 
Scott Glenn delivering that, especially when all of a sudden, you know, Jack Ryan jumps off the helicopter to get aboard and he's, and the captain, he's, he's ticked. He is ticked. And he's I going down. And I had to pull away to come find and, you. And if there was one spot where you were going to make this movie PG-13 and drop the F-bomb, it would be That's there it. where he's walking down there. He's like, make a hole. And it's just like, and, and uh, you could, you could imagine like putting it in there. Um, uh, but yeah, he's, he's good. And, and, and what about, I mean, if you want to have like, uh, like, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what the poem would be. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to our, our, um, our English, uh, our English and language arts and grammar professional here. But when he's doing the monologue for all my life, I've been at war, a war at mm. sea. And he goes through that. I mean, my gosh, that could be, that could be the prologue to a, a um, to a, well, a monument to uh, naval officers and, and, and submariners anywhere. I mean, what, a, what an awesome encapsulation of the whole uh, um, Cold War, the submarine yeah. warfare of the Cold War. I mean, I just, I, boy, when he said, and I still sit there when he's sitting there talking aboard, and the way Sean Connery delivers it, I still get chills when, I'm, when he's sitting there just talking about, you know, the war at sea. I, I just, oh, man, good stuff. All right. So, did you did you both this you both decide you were going with Scott Glenn? Well, if he's taking Scott Glenn, I want to get someone else up there in the in the rankings. So, okay. I'll. Uh, what, what were you going to say, John? What were you going to say? I, you know what, I and that would have been one of my top ones too. Um, I always like I always like Sam Neill. Like I like mm-hmm. I, I've never seen a movie where I haven't liked his character. Um, you know, and and I've even watched Jurassic Park three, but um, you know, I, and he doesn't really. He doesn't say a lot in this movie and he doesn't emote a lot in this movie, but just, I think it's just some of the little reactions that he's got to, you know, the different situations. Oh, his um, facial expressions are yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And it's just, and, and for the little that you actually hear him speak and, you know, interact and things like that in this movie, um, you know, when, when he doesn't make it, it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think, I think I think the obvious choice would be oh you got to say Sean Connery you got to you got to say Ramius but um, yeah. you know I think I think you guys picking Scott Glenn I think that's a great one um, I think I got to go Sam Neill because I just yeah I like his character is his character is, is kind of off to the side a little bit in the background but you know just still very memorable well and that's what I think uh, yeah and that's what I think is so great about this movie is yeah we know Sean Connery is great not because only Sean Connery is great but because he is so well used and he just so much inhabits that character of Marco Ramius um, Alec Baldwin is great why well we know Alec Baldwin's great but he just inhabits that character of Jack Ryan okay James Earl Jones James Earl Jones is great but he and inha- I'm gonna keep you know saying that whole right. thing let's get down to the guy that was the uh, principal in Ferris Bueller's day off. I mean, look at how he inhabits that skip time. And I love this because suddenly that guy is playing someone that he hasn't played before. And he always seems to be, cause he was the principal. Wasn't he um, uh, Donald, Donald Peck in Ghostbusters? And wasn't he the reporter in Die Hard? Do I have the right guy or am I just mixing all these guys together? No, you're mixing a couple guys together. A couple different guys together. There. Ah, shoot. Okay. But well, but there's my point when I see him, but he was the he was the principal in Ferris Bueller's, right? Or is that a different yeah. guy? Okay, no, that one you got. Yeah, because Jeffrey Jones, um, yeah, Jeffrey Jones was he was the principal in Ferris Bueller. He was in Beetlejuice. He was the dad in Beetlejuice. Dad in Beetlejuice. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
okay, but the other guys are so, oh, see, and it's funny. So that's when I think of that guy, that's what I think of. I like lope all of the silly guy. So to see him playing a serious role, a, a, you know, a smart, uh, important part of the whole uh, plot. You're There's thinking- another character that gets a lot more play in the novels. Yes, Skip Todd. Yes, he does. Yeah. You're thinking of, uh, can you guys, I yep. shared my screen with you real quick. Yes. You're thinking of William yes. Atherton. William Atherton. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And now that I see, now that I see it, they look completely different. Yeah. But, uh, well, going back a couple of weeks, when, who are the actors you get mixed up? I'll, there's mm-hmm. my three questions. Right. So anyways, what's my point? Uh, uh, what's your point, dude? My point is that let's, uh, let's, let's talk about, you know, the leads in this movie, but let's talk about all these guys that they, they just packed in and just had them well rehearsed and they knew their characters and knew the importance of their characters. Courtney B. Um, Vance. I mean, the whole, yeah, look at that, man. It was Paganini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that whole. Is it Pavarotti? <laughs> Paganini. Pavarotti was a tenor. Paganini was a composer. Was a composer. <laughs> So he's got this music and then we have a whole, it's going one way out of Pearl, including one way. I mean, look at that scene. It was like, it was like, it was like every scene had such attention to detail. It was like, tell me all about it, cops. Yeah, that's right. Even the young kid, the little recruit guy. I know. (laughs) It's a biological, a what? A whale, Beaumont, a whale. a whale, a marine mammal that knows a heck of a lot more. And the way he says it, it when, yep. he, when he kind of like, he lets his voice go up, knows a heck of a lot more about sonar than you do. Switch over to 351 and let's try it again. <laughs> if he gets to ragging on you, kid, you can always say, I mean, oh, wow. Or the scene with uh, Fred Thompson, like that whole thing. Yeah. Average Ruski don't take a dump without a plan, son. Okay. Okay, and can we just can we just spare a moment for for Jeffrey Pelt? That guy is my hero. He's sitting there, and they're all yelling, and they're yelling, they're yelling, and he's son of a gun. And he's like, "Excuse me, what? Do you have something to add to our meeting, Doctor Ryan?" And then, and naval exercise. Your planes, your submarines are traveling at da 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 da. Your planes have dropped enough sonar, but you still a man could walk. Or not, not a man, a fella. So a fella could walk cool. from Greenland to Iceland to Scotland without getting his feet wet. Now, may we dispense with the bull? And then all of a sudden, the, and then the guy that, that plays, you know, every time you need a Russian guy, that's, or some, yes. or, some oh or a South God, African. Yes. And then that guy, what? You make your point as delicately as always. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh wow! I'm gonna watch that movie again tonight. Oh man, <laughs> fantastic! So I might even wake up Dominic to bring him down to watch this movie. <laughs> it's uh, outstanding, outstanding movie. All right. So before we get to our our three questions point here, um, here's kind of my last question for you guys, uh, and I'm gonna lump these two together: favorite scene and favorite quote. They don't have to be the same, but I'm just gonna ask them all at once here because I, I imagine. The conversation will flow as it normally does. So favorite scene, favorite quote. I can jump in right now yeah. and just say that um, probably my favorite scene in the movie is the scene where, um, of course, the Americans are now on board the Red October and they've got the torpedo coming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, you've got Vasily uh, is over there. He's like, you know, torpedo impact in 10 seconds and eight, nine, eight. He's counting it down. And while he's counting it all down, they're having this conversation. Everybody else is like, uh, we're going to get hit. The, the torpedo is going to hit us. We're going to die. We're going to die. And he's, they're having this conversation. He's like, uh, what books did you write? <laughs> and, he's like, and I'm just like, 
that's that's outstanding. That's, yeah. Pardon me. I pulled up the quote on here. Uh, what books did you write? I wrote a biography of Admiral Halsey called Fighting Sailor uh, about naval oh, combat tactics. I know this I know book. <laughs> Your conclusions were all wrong, Ryan. <laughs> Halsey acted stupidly. Yes, that was, yeah. Because it's, it's such a, and I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think that's one of the things this movie does well is it is a tension-filled moment. You as the audience have no clue, unless you yourself are probably a submarine commander, you don't know that by turning into the path of the torpedo, you might be able to cause it to impact without an explosion before it has time to arm itself. You don't know that. You know, you're, you're not necessarily an expert in this thing. And uh, maybe they don't really work that way. I don't know. I'm not a submarine captain. But um, but the fact that there's the tension there of, well, they're about to die. And, and he's he's oddly calm about this. Not only is he oddly calm, they're having this hilarious conversation about what books did you write? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's going to be close. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that, that for me is favorite scene. Um, and I think it just one of my favorite, I don't know, I, I don't know if I'd say favorite quote, but just another kind of favorite moment that has that kind of funny quote along with it is the whole scene where they're talking about where we're, when you get to America, where are you going to live? And they hold, they have that whole little discussion of, I think I will live in Montana. Montana. And I just, I, I like that we'll part. raise rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife will cook them for me. Yes. Yes. I think I will need two wives. Two wives. <laughs> At least. Mm-hmm. So those are mine, but I love that. That's that scene is my favorite when they've got the torpedo coming and, and everybody else is just freaking out, but he's just very nonchalantly. What books did you write? That was and very that, good. And that, and that just goes to show as a character, his supreme confidence in his abilities. Mm-hmm. Like he knows, and, and there's been moments throughout the movie where he's like, Oh, oh I need, I need you all trained all of their captains. I know their tactics. Right. Right. The problem is the Americans. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> hmm. All right. What about you, gentlemen? Favorite favorite scene? Favorite quote? Pat, I stole your uh, I stole your Scott Glenn. So I'll let you go first. No, that's okay, man. We just got no. Okay. That's that's go for it, man. So favorite quote has to be, and it's a double quote. It's a it's a it's a uh, Ramius Ryan moment, Ryan. Some things in here don't react too well to bullets. Yeah. Yeah, like me. Yeah. I don't react too well to bullets. I got to be careful what I shoot at. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that'd be my favorite quote, I think. And then my favorite scene, we just talked about, it's the, the briefing room scene, the, mm. the situation room scene, oh. where they're all going back and forth. And, and you know, your guy pelt at the end. You shot down the general pretty hard there, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Ah, he deserved it. He deserved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Oh, yes, it. Oh, oh yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> and I'm a politician, which means I'm a cheat and a liar. But it, I, when I'm not kissing babies, I'm stealing their lollipops. So it also means I keep my options open. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, John. Honestly, to 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 your question um, uh, earlier that, that we kind of blew out of the water. Um, what doesn't work? You know, the only things that for, for, you know, I think what this is a testament to that where there's this many quotes and this many things and we're, we're, we're talking about an action movie or a, an adventure movie or what have you, you know, normally we save this kind of treatment for like, you know, uh, three amigos or space balls or something like that. And I think that's a, just a testament to the movie where we're really hard pressed to say what didn't work. I mean, because like I said, I mean, I really tried to be skeptical, you know, in watching this because I'm like, John's going to ask what didn't work. And, you know, and the only thing I could 
personally come up with. And again, I would have to just defer to, you know, naval officers or people that actually served on these things is only just very moments of pedantry, you know, like real, eh, I don't think that would happen that way, like that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I don't think so. And, but all of them, I think the reason that they're in there the way they are, it either adds to the tension or adds to the story, or it was maybe something that could have happened 30 years before this movie was set, but they kind of, you know, it's really cool. So they want to show the audience because, you know, a lot of audiences maybe didn't know that that's what modern submarines, like, didn't know that that's kind of what happened with modern submarines. The last, I'm trying to think, when was the last real big submarine movie before this? Das Boot, set in the Second World War. Um, I mean, they're all, that was it. And then you're going back, well, the 70s had Grey Lady Down, which was like a disaster movie. So it wasn't, and then everything else was like set in the Second World War. So I just want to take a second before naming a favorite scene. I think it's a real testament to the movie that the only things, and I don't even want to go into it because I don't want to, you know, sound like that guy. But I mean, the only things would just be real nitpicking on, as I said before, well, that really wouldn't happen that way, you know. So, and even that, there weren't that many, you know. So I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that the, the movie's awesome. What's my favorite scene? I don't know. From when the credits roll to the very end, I, you know, it's uh, it's slick. If I had to pick one, maybe when uh, maybe when the Red October, they uh, the the guy sabotaged the Silent Drive, and uh, you know he had to turn the propellers on, and they were shooting down um, uh, shooting down the Red Route One, you know, where they book through the canyons and all that. And uh, he's got to go out of the thing and has it timed right so he can turn and have the torpedo hit the... I mean, that was, that was, pretty, that was pretty cool. That was pretty when he sits cool. down and buckles his seatbelt and looks yeah. around everybody else. I'm like, yeah, hey guys, it's going to be tight. You know? and, he's, and he's got the timer going and he's like chanting to himself. And they have that mm-hmm. weird chanting going on in the background. And they never explain it or go back to it. And so it's just like, that's just cool. And mm-hmm. um, I thought that scene was pretty sick as was Jack Ryan hanging off the bottom of the helicopter <laughs> or how about when he gets into the submarine and is like, take her back to whatever feet. And he just sees the depth gauge just, and he's just like, and it zooms in and you hear like the, the shuddering, the hull popping. And it, you see Jack Ryan's just like, Oh my God, what is like, what have and I that done? submarine is that thing is just rocking it down there. Um, that's cool. And, and I got to be honest, it was cool that they made the set of the Dallas really kind of look what, okay, I, I'd imagine this is kind of what a typical U.S. submarine would look mm-hmm. like. This looks the, the normalist most-ish. Um, the, the, um, uh, the Alpha, the Kanivalov, that yeah. thing looked like, that was like a Klingon battlecruiser. It was all like smoke uh-huh. and red lights and the guy was smoking and putting his cigarette out on the floor and, you know, it looked like it was the size of my bathroom, you know? And then this, then the, then the red October looked like the enterprise, the starship yeah. enterprise, like everything was light up. The, the, the uh, periscope had the weird mirrors on it. You know, everything was like light up and yeah, it just polish. Yeah. It was, that was cool. That was cool. So I don't know. My favorite scene, um, this, this second, um, would be when they, when, when he shot the, the thing, when he shot the thing down, uh, down the, the, the underwater caverns to try and, um, you know, get into the Atlantic ocean or whatever they were doing. That was pretty cool. All right. Well, I think we got uh, ready for three, three questions. One thing only, please. Three, three questions only, please. He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions. 
It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. So three questions. Uh, and a lot of times our three questions, they are semi-related to the movie that we're watching. Not always. There is some very, very, very loose thread sometimes that holds these together. Um, however, this time it is the, the three questions are kind of along the theme of the hunt and then red and then October. So we'll go with that. Question number one, the hunt. If you were headed off on an adventure in search of something, which character that Sean Connery has played, would you want to accompany you? And we actually got, I actually got quite a few responses on uh, Twitter and Instagram and, and a couple other places when I posted these questions up. So I'll run through some of those here in a minute. But um, if you were off on an adventure to go find something and you needed to have, or you were able to have a Sean Connery character, accompany you on your adventure, who would you choose? Pretty much my entire family said uh, Dr. Jones from yeah. Last Crusade. Are, are you part of the family in that sense, John? I, I was, but that's not the one I picked. Oh. So my choice I picked, now if we're going off on an adventure in search of something, I want a Sean Connery character that can help me figure out some of those clues. Mm -hmm. So I chose William Von Baskerville from The Name of the Rose. Oh. So. All right. That is, that is probably one of my favorite Sean Connery performances. It's not, I don't think I'd say it's a very popular movie, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not to a lot of people's taste. Um, but that's probably one of my favorite Sean Connery characters. In the name of the Rose. Was that the, is, is that, did we watch that one? That's the one with the monks. Yep. That was the one, the, the kind of the oh. murder mystery at the, at the Abbey. And it's uh, yeah. Christian, Christian Slater was his apprentice. And yeah, Christian yeah. Slater had a lot of fun in that movie. Yes, he did. All right. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So, so that was my response. Hmm. Do you want me, do you guys need a little bit more time? Do you want me to read so the other I, responses we got? From I, I also went ben? with the, you know, thinking in the spirit of the question, searching mm -hmm. for something, looking for something. So I went with um, Alan Quartermain from the Oh my the God, bro. Oh my God. We, how, like, did, did we mind meld? Did we mind meld we at some have. point? Oh my gosh. My mind to your mind. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, not and certainly not a a film of great renown, but that character is good stuff, man. Yeah, he's great in that. Yeah. I really wish they'd done more movies with the quarter main character. I know. Like if they'd ever made a movie of um King Solomon's gold. Mm -hmm. That would have been nice. Yeah. League of extraordinary gentlemen. Yeah, that's cool. So you go with Alan Quartermain. Yeah. All right. Again, because we're looking for something. If I just needed someone to hang out with James Bond works for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but right. I think, I think in this particular question, Alan Quartermain's my guy. Well, see, I'm torn. I'm torn between the two obvious ones. I'm torn now between because you got Alan Quartermain. I, I, I mean, Marco Ramius was just 
a and Henry Jones. I mean, they both. They both Henry are, Jones is a, is a good one for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I I think I would get along with him. You know, I think I would get along with Henry Jones. Um, I think Marco Ramius would just be cool to hang out with. <sighs> Boy, I don't know. And you, you want to know what I didn't realize was that Alan Quartermain was really the last movie character he ever played. Really? <laughs> yeah, because he's, I mean, I, my understanding is he's retired from acting. He's not acting okay. anymore. He has not done any movies. Actually, you know what? He did, I looked at his IMDb real quick. <laughs> he did a voice acting bit um, for a movie called Sir Billy in 2012. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, he did, you know what? I think he did a narration piece in a James Bond video game. And he did a narration piece in a documentary in 2003. But League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Alan Quartermain is the last really, you know, acting performance that is on his IMDb resume. They must have paid him a mint and he's like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, good Lord. Oh, see, and now I made the mistake of looking up his filmography, <laughs> you know, Malone from, uh, of the untouchables. would be great. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm noticing no one is choosing outland. Nobody's, outland. nobody's going with that one. The sci-fi movie he was in? I, I do not recall this movie. Oh, you don't know that one? Oh, Rising Sun. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Outland is a... I, that one I always remember the VHS cover because it's a, you know, it's a not... It's a not older Sean Connery on the cover of the movie holding like a rifle or holding something. And it's... And I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the VHS tape. And... Uh, it is a federal marshal stationed on a mining colony on the Jupiter moon of Io uncovers a drug smuggling conspiracy. He gets no help from the workers or authorities when he finds himself marked for murder. Murder. So oh. ne- never actually seen it, but I've seen the VHS tape a lot. It was not read as far as I can remember. Wow. All right. I've got, we have to go to, you're going to have to go to the interwebs cause I got nothing, man. I, okay. I I'm, I'm, I'm in a quandary. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so we've got, let me jump to the, jump to the interwebs here. Um, we have got, whoops, jumped too far. All right. Okay. So in terms of the Sean Connery question, uh, if I'm going to the interwebs here, I have got, Ooh, I might've had I have some other people. Oh yeah. We actually had some other people answer. Good. That I did not see earlier, so I'll pull those up here in a second too. Welcome, um, other I, people. I, I just spotted them right now. So, um, so going to the interwebs, we had at jcolvin24, Jason Colvin, uh, co-host of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Love your podcast, guys. You guys are great. It is an excellent podcast. It is awesome. And I, hope you- uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think I can advertise it just yet, but I, I was a guest on their podcast. Nice. So it's going to be coming out at some point soon. So. They, uh, I think they tend to record theirs um, a little bit ahead of time, so okay. they, there's a little bit of lead time on that. So I told them, I said, as soon as you're ready, let me know, and I will, I will start sharing what episode we were on and what we talked about. And nice. it's, um, it may get a little controversial. We'll just, we'll say that. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, it was all about how Game of Thrones is about the uh, White Walker narrative instead of the White Savior narrative. Oh. 
Yeah. No, it's not that at all. I, oh, I was, I was like, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. No, it's, it's, it's temple of doom. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, at G Colvin 24 said, even though it would probably get me eaten by sharks covered with gold paint or bitten by an assassin with metal teeth, I'm hanging out with this guy. And he put up a picture of James Bond. Good call. Uh, then we had at Tristan Martin said, I know I'm cheating, but I have three. And you know, I gotta say, person after my own heart because i and i mentioned that too i said you know what i cheat all the time like mm-hmm. i am don't don't even worry about that uh you know i you told me one and i've got three and I, that's clearly you need to spend more time with us on the podcast because we don't follow our own rules so it's totally yeah. okay don't worry about that piece of it uh he actually said his number one choice was alan quartermain from the league ah uh, see good call number two was dr henry jones from last crusade and his number three was Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez from Highlander. Yeah. So, uh, we also had Gidget Von LaRue, who is one of the co-hosts of the Retro Cinema podcast. All right. Um, she responded and said Ramirez from Highlander. So we had a few different. Uh, solid cool. choice. Ramirez yeah. would kick some serious booty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, and then she also actually posted up later on. She said, you know what? Either that character or Jimmy Malone in the untouchables. Ah, yeah. Jimmy Malone's good too. And then we had at Real Glenn Davies, uh, who goes by Qui-Gon Glenn on Twitter. Um, he posted up a GIF from The Rock and said, mine is Captain John Mason, Her Majesty's SAS. Awesome. So all excellent choices. Uh, all right, question number two. What's the last good book that you have read? Wow. Oh. To be honest with you, if it's not a training manual or a terms of service document i haven't read much in a while (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um the last book i remember reading um was uh oddly enough it was uh uh, tom clancy it was um i'm not completely up to date on the jack ryan jr books but it was dead or alive all right one of the jack ryan jr series so and actually i'm not even sure if dead or alive you know what i gotta look that up not even sure if it's technically a Clancy, it might be the because they've kept the series going um, after his passing. And okay, no, he wrote this one, but he did co-write it with Grant Blackwood. But uh, it was one of the last before he passed, I think. But I did, I have read that one. So, and I would recommend any any of Clancy's yeah 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 all right I think you know so many so many good books but the last one that I um uh read and had completed so you know I got some in in progress but um uh I would say oh shoot you know what no the book that I was gonna say I think I recommended on the other podcast about the Memphis Bell. I already think I've recommended the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Give me a second. John, do you mind okay. jumping in there? I might have to regroup. Hang no, on a second. No, no, no. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so for me too, it's been a while since I've had a chance to read a book, um, <laughs> especially from beginning to end. So I, that's kind of lately. A lot of it has been because we had the, the comic convention um, back at the end of February. And so a lot of times I will pick up, that's where I'll pick up stuff that I don't normally, you know, the, the stuff that I collect from week to week, month to month is, is kind of the, your usual superhero fair. It's a lot of like Superman, Batman, 
Star Wars, that kind of stuff. And then when I tend to go to those shows, that's where I tend to try to find stuff that I never would have even thought to look for before. That's when I'll talk to some of the artists and I'll, I'll get a sense of what their book's about. And I'll be like, ah, you know what? I'll fine. I'll pick that up. I'd never heard of it before, but um, you know, just pick up a couple of random books here and there. And so lately I've actually done quite a few graphic novels and just kind of worked through some of those. Cause it's a little cool. bit easier right now with everything going on. It's a little bit easier to do those in the kind of bite size segments because um, I know if I've only got 10, 15 minutes, I can at least get a portion of the way through that. Whereas, you know, most books with chapters are probably going to take me a little bit more than 15 minutes to get through a chapter. And I don't tend to like to, to stop when I'm only partway through a chapter, if I can help it. Um, so actually some of the ones that I've picked up lately were pretty good. There was one called Skyward. Um, and the story is that at one point, I think it's supposed to be kind of like today, like a, a present time um the gravity on earth kind of goes away and so you have this like cataclysm where all these people who were not bolted down or were not holding on to something floated off the earth and mm-hmm. uh, the earth oh oh well you okay? it was it was a little trying for me at first when i was okay. reading it. um but uh then i realized like if i can bolt myself down to something that i'm not going to be floating in space uh, mm-hmm. But then the story jumps ahead, uh, it's maybe 20-ish years or so, and um, this like this whole generation of young people has grown up uh, floating around all over the place, and like they don't they don't really know what walking is, um, and they don't so they when they travel down to like the depths of of the old cities and they see these signs for like crosswalks and things like that, they're like, what is that? Um, and actually the, the wealthy people have gone underground almost so that, and they have magnet boots and all kinds of other stuff. And so they're actually living like further down in the city. And uh, it's just kind of a interesting take on, on um, you know, just that story. I thought it was just an interesting twist. I'd never seen a story like that before. One other one that I saw that, um, that I've liked lately is called Die. And it's not like Die as in kill you, but Die as in like uh, dice that you would roll. Mm-hmm. And uh, but actually, it's kind of both, and um, it's a little bit of a. It's got kind of a Stranger Things vibe to it. Uh, the story starts off with these kids, and they're playing a role-playing game, kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, they start playing the game. It's a little bit of like a Stranger Things meets Jumanji, in that cool. they they get sucked into the game that they're playing, and the next thing you see is they pop out. Um, oh, what is it? Maybe like. Maybe it's like, a, a, is it like a couple years later? I'm trying to remember. It's either a couple years later or something. And they all of a sudden they reappear. And um, there's, there, I think there were five of them to begin with or six of them to begin with. Only five come back and one person's missing an arm. And they're like, oh, um, yeah, something happened, but we're not allowed to talk about it. We can't say anything about it. And then the story jumps forward like another 20 some years to where they're all grown up and something pulls them back into the game again. And this time you actually get to see what the game world looks like Um, okay and it's very much it's it's like any anybody who would have played role-playing games there's a as they travel through the land there's like a world war one part of the land there's a fantasy part of the land there's a you know any kind of role-playing game that you ever might have played if you were in the historical miniatures club at your middle school or your high school you probably (laughs) would love this comic book cool so uh my sibling is a huge role-playing game fan they they have a group of people that plays D &D, and so i immediately recommended this one. I'm like, this is going to be right up your alley. So you need to go take a look at this. Cool. So, so those are mine. Those are mine. Not actually, I mean, they are books, but not like full length chapter books. Right. Right. Well, cool, man. I like that, that, uh, 
D and D one you were talking about. I mm-hmm. think I think the one I'm going to recommend. It's a book called North, uh, and it's about ultra run. It's a uh, written by an ultra runner, Scott Jurek, and uh, he's a pretty fantastic, uh, pretty fantastic runner. Does a lot of writing and all that kind of thing. And this was kind of him. It's it's uh, he ran the Appalachian Trail, and it took him you know however many weeks and and all that kind of thing. And it's just kind of his journey and how that relates to his life and so forth and it's uh it's a really really good book so anyways i think that would be my uh my book recommendation nice now pat always bringing the running into the podcast (laughs) (laughs) can't you just slow down a little bit pat oh oh i can slow if anybody's seen me run knows it ain't fast it ain't fast and and i know you can slow down because i've seen you i've gone to a movie with you before i was just gonna say man hey you know what that's the nice thing of having these videos up i think it helps me stay a little bit more awake is it because we're all watching you yeah yeah although start to to nod off a little bit we can i don't know if i can ping you through zoom or something yeah i know i know Mm -hmm. all right uh the only other response we got for that one was actually some some weirdo on instagram Uh uh whose username is John Reed 727. Um, I don't know. It's, it's some weird, I think he's a kid, like some weird kid must be like 12 years old or something. I, oh I, man, that's cool. And, he uh, listens uh, to this stuff. He does. And his sister does too. So one of them will laugh and one of them will start yelling and, and I'll know when they're listening. Um, and then I'll tell him you should be in bed, go back to sleep. Right. Uh, so he responded on Instagram pet cemetery. Oh, so he is, oh. he has been, he has been a big Stephen King fan for a while now. And, um, he did, uh, he did it a little bit last year and pet cemetery. So he's been begging to watch the pet cemetery movies. Like, no, I don't think we're quite ready for that yet. <laughs> so, okay. At his age, mm-hmm. because I don't think at his age, I understood all of the allegories present in a lot of Stephen King's stuff. Mm-hmm. And he probably won't either. Okay, I'm wondering because he's a pretty smart kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because um, I, you know, it's funny. I, I look back on some of it and I'm like, "Wow, that was well done." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like when I first read some of this stuff, I, I there's no way I processed it properly. Like mm-hmm. the stand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took the bad miniseries for me to figure some of that out. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was a bad miniseries. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Well, that'll be cool when he watches it, though, rewatches it or rereads it or whatever. Is totally. like as he goes, you know, it'll kind of, you know, unfold a little mm-hmm. bit more for him. You know. And, okay, so and speaking of Stephen King, um, has he read the Colorado Kid? Do you know? I don't think so. If he does, and oh. it was on regular Sci-Fi, so he sh- it should be tame enough for him. Mm-hmm. They made a series called Haven. Did you ever watch it? No, heard of it, but haven't watched it. It was it was based on the Colorado Kid. It wasn't the Colorado oh, okay. Kid. It was like the Colorado Kid future version or whatever. Um, but uh, really good, like really well done, really fun, very in that. I don't know how much Stephen King had anything to do with the production, but it was definitely in that vein. Okay. Um, so he might like that if he's yeah. really into that stuff. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at it. Yeah, I think he stocked up on some Stephen King books before the library closed down a few weeks ago. And good move. So we'll have to, we may have to, may have to resort to, have to get a few of them on Amazon if we don't, if the libraries don't open back up again soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so what are what are yeah, <laughs> like talk about the weird consequences of this. Mm-hmm. Like you've got all these library books floating around that you're just gonna have for a couple of months. Well, that's that's what Nora. Um, 
her a lot of her answers to our next week's uh, three questions. One of her answers was related to Spider-Man because we before everything shut down, I did rent from the library the Spider-Man PlayStation game. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, and this kid has been just obsessively playing that every day, and she I think she finally finished the story part of the game yesterday. Okay. Um, and but it was hilarious because she she didn't know any of these characters before playing the game, and I'd be in here you know working away all day and she'd come in okay dad i don't mean to bother you while you're working but i need to know a couple things about the scorpion um what <laughs> what is his power set and so let's say that i have the scorpion and the rhino and i'm fighting them both at the same time what would be their weaknesses and what would be the best way for me to counteract those and, I, and i'm like okay well hold on a second <laughs> clever girl <laughs> What you're talking about is way more interesting to me than what I'm currently doing. So I would like to. <laughs> I was going to say, John, you're, you're, the next question is, Dad, why are you crying? Yeah. And <laughs> it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I know her her responses right now is going to be just about anything Spider-Man. But that was the thing. Like we rented a bunch of stuff, and and she said, "Weren't we going to buy this game at one point?" I said, "Yeah, but we've rented it from the library, and the libraries are all shut down, and the world's going to end. So you can pretty much just keep this game." <laughs> You did not really say the world's going to end, did you? I've said that every single day. Of course I have. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm trying to help them put it into perspective. Well done. Okay, you know what? Father of the year. Because then when it doesn't, the kids are going to be like, oh, I feel so much better now. Let's see. See, If I I didn't lower their expectations, then it wouldn't be as positive later on. (laughs) I have this deep psychic belief that the world (laughs) is going to end. Valentine's Day. Bummer. <laughs> well, I hope for your sake you're right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So question number three. October. October. Uh what is your October. favorite thing? <laughs> there we go. Uh what is your favorite thing about the month of October? My wife's birthday is October the twelfth. Tammy, no delay, I got it right. And that's the best part of October. Right there, guys. And she's in Pat, the room. She's nodding. Mm-hmm. There you go. Pat, you are going to just this is gonna flip your lid right now. Yeah, man. You know what my first note is? What? My wife's birthday on the 26th. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This. Oh, my God. Now John is crying. Oh, man. (laughs) So beautiful. Oh, wow. All right. What are the chances of that? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Wow. Well, and my, sec- my, my second choice was going to be Halloween, but my first choice is Nora's birthday is on the 10th. Ah, uh, look there at that. So, look at that. So we got a good month for birthdays. My, uh, my second note is postseason baseball. Postseason mm-hmm. baseball. Mm-hmm. I'll, say, I'll say my second note. Uh, John, were you going to say a, a second oh, no, note? No, no. no, go ahead. I, there's a couple people on the, on the interwebs that chimed okay. in, but go ahead, go ahead and do your second I, Well, I was going to say my, my second note is I think – you get those first little crisp little inklings of fall. And mm-hmm. if it's if it's done right, you know, maybe a little snow in the air, maybe a little bit of, and and uh, boy, I love the summer. I don't like to see the summer leave. And September is kind of bittersweet because it's just like, oh man, it's summertime, but not really. But the summer's been going late. But October, it's like, yeah, this is pretty nice too. You can kind of do campfires. You get maybe a little bit of chill in the air, you know. I mean, it's uh, so when the weather starts to turn a little bit cool, um, the motorcycle always runs better in the cool weather, you know. Like so, it's. Uh, I would say that was a, a very distant number two, Tammy, <laughs> a distant number two to your birthday on October the twelfth that I can say with no delay, mm-hmm. without <laughs> G, uh, Google Calendar in front of me either. There you go. Mm, very nice. <laughs> Impressive. 
most impressive. All right. Well, I think that does it for our three questions. And I think that's going to do it for uh, episode number 293, The Hunt for Red October. Were, were the guys, were, you were going to throw some of uh, the other oh, guys. I was totally going to do that. I, thank you. I almost no, totally that's... forgot that. Uh, actually, one of them I, I maybe was going to skip because uh, he was criticizing the Texas Longhorns, but that's okay. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> well, Someone tells me you get a lot of that from the Oklahoma people. I, I was going to say. I, I do, and it is from Jason Colvin. Uh, it is from the Oklahoma contingent. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll start with uh, at Tristan Martin, who's also from Oklahoma. Um, he shared that it's the relief from the Oklahoma heat is the thing he likes best about okay. October. Um, and Jason Colvin, Jason, I love you, man. Um, I, you know, his thing was the OU Texas weekend. So you've got the OU Texas football game uh, that is typically in October. And um, he did put up a, a GIF uh, that said beat Texas. So that's the part I can't agree with, but I will agree with him that that is a fun weekend. Um, I'm, I'm just on the other side of that from him. Yeah. On the other side of the red river as it is. Mm-hmm. So, all right. All right. Well, that is going to do it. So now that's going to do it. Um, I, you know, fired that torpedo off just way too soon. Just like, mm-hmm. okay, thank you for bringing me back here and you, you got me before it was armed and, and we're all good to go now. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for episodes. Fine here. It's, it's just fine now here. Thank you. How are you? Um, oh man, I, Nope, that's next week. I'm gonna have to I was going to say, week. I know exactly what you're going to. Yes, I know where uh, you're going with that. We're, we're going to talk about that next week, and I am mm-hmm. going to tear that apart. Okay. <laughs> that's like a dog a, with a piece of meat. Arr. That's that's a little preview for next week, everybody. Um, so 293, Hunt for Red October. Thank you, everybody, so much for being here. We've got coming up pretty soon, uh, our next couple of weeks, finish off our action and adventure month of April. Navy SEALs is coming up next week. And then Rocky Five thousand thank you Bo. uh is coming up after that and then may is our comedy month and we've got joe versus the volcano my blue heaven another 48 hours arachnophobia and i don't know we got a little something coming up at some point soon um don't ask me what it's going to be yet because i don't know um (laughs) but uh that is coming up towards the end of may so we will have our special 300th episode spectaculario um I don't know what we're calling it. Bo, your facial expression says exactly what I wanted it to say when I came up with that. I, I don't, I don't even know. Spectaculario. That's, yes. Spectaculario. Uh... That's um, yes. I've, I've been looking at a lot of documents that have had to gotten, that have had to been translated into Spanish today. So I feel mm, like, okay, that I, I can understand. I feel like I'm now about, you know, maybe 6% fluent. So, um, you know, I, I am finding that my, my high school French is not really coming in handy. Um, in my current, <laughs> no, I bet it's not <laughs> my, my, my seven years of French that I took, you know, the, the three years in England and the four years here in, in the States, um, not so much coming in, in handy here. I, I'm not getting a whole lot of chances to ask, uh, where the campground is and, um, you know, how much, how much the escargot plate is and oui, just, oui, madame. Uh, oui, uh, oui. <laughs> no, no, just powder my nose. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Ah, it does help me sing the Les Poissons song from Les Mis, uh, not Les Mis, uh, from, <laughs> that's, hey, you know what, As, while we're mashing up musicals, let's have the, uh, <laughs> Les Poissons, let's, Les Poissons, how I let's, love, oh, let's, let's mix up the Little Mermaid and Les Mis and just call it the Miserable Mermaid, and I think it would be a great musical. The Miserable Mermaid. That is something else there. Mm-hmm. How cool would it have been if Javert was singing Les Poissons as he was like, falling oh oh there we go yeah that would have been it i was gonna say as he was like like shooting the the, like the 
well, the the stars song where he's singing the stars. And yeah, the multitude. You know that one. And mm. said, Le Poisson. How I love Le Poisson. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh man, I, this We're is like the, this is people. this is like the time that I had a student teacher and I had way too much time on my hands, so I cre- <laughs> I, I created a uh, zombie version of Le Mis. That's oh, awesome. I, I have a whole bunch of lyrics written on like a, a little notepad on my on my computer somewhere. It's they're still there. And, well, of course uh, you do. I, I think I wrote you know lyrics to maybe five or six different songs that were zombie wow. par- parodies of Les Mis. So cool. Someday, when there's a whole bunch of free time, I'll make my family put it to music and sing it. But today is not that. Day. I don't know. You could go viral in this. Uh, in That's this, true. Uh, un, uh, uh, I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I feel like the phrase yeah. going, going viral is probably going to have to change at some point, too, because this is not. <laughs> good one. Yep. Yep. Afterwards, everybody's going to be like, mm, no, let's, um, let's do something else. Let's yeah. rethink that. Let's, let's do something else. Let's, let's change it. Change All right. it up. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for being here with me. And uh, we're going to – can I get you back here next week for Navy SEALs? Yeah. Okay. Yes, you can. All right. Well, we'll be back here in time for Navy SEALs. Uh, but in the meantime, if you have not, I think this is a ringing endorsement for Red October. So if you have not read both. or watched The Hunt for Red October, go do it right now. Do Stop both. Everything you're doing. Um, do not take the DVD, Blu-ray, or whatever it is and paint it red. That's probably not going to work out well. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I actually had a Hunt for Red October collection of how many different versions of the book I could get. And they were all nice. paperback. And it was funny because I had like the original one, then I had a special edition one, then I had the hardcover one, then I had one that I got in the Hunt for Red October game, mm-hmm. then I had another one, then I had the – like I had five or six different – like that was a collection I had for a while. Junior I, high I, kids can be weird, but I had mm-hmm. like a collection of the different Hunt for Red October books. I feel like the only reason that we currently have a DVD copy of it is because uh, my wife's mom bought too many DVD copies of it. I think she already had one and then she didn't think she did. So she bought another one. Yeah. So that was, it, it's kind of we in our family, we call that the air force one syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because, because at different points in time, we somehow accidentally bought her four different copies of the Harrison Ford movie, air force one. Nice. That's impressive. I, it was. It was. Get think, off my plane. Mm-hmm. Well, n- now you have two copies of uh, Hunt for Red October. You fire up two TVs. Now you got one for each eyeball. Right. Surround sound. There it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will be back here next time with Navy SEALs. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. Go watch this movie. Um, and we'll see you back here next time. Bye now. Bye.